Let's answer the question today. Was Jesus woke? And the question on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and if he was, shouldn't his followers be too? And I found this question to be an interesting one because we saw recently Nikki Haley, who is a Christian candidate for president, is going on and on about wokeness. Wokeness is a virus more dangerous than any pandemic hands down. Maybe Secretary Haley, who's running for the Republican nomination for president, doesn't realize coronavirus killed 7 million people or that Jesus was woke. That's right. Florida Governor Dan DeSantis' attorneys in court gave this definition for woke. The belief there are systemic injustices in society and believe there's a need to address them. Jesus believed there were systemic injustices in his culture against Samaritans, lepers, and the poor. And religious fundamentalists hated him and said, you must have a demon and be a Samaritan because he sat with them. And another man wanting to know how to get to heaven asked who his neighbor was. And Jesus said, oh, those people you oppress. Yeah, Jesus was woke. And just like Jesus, religious people hate the woke who stand with the oppressed. That's it. So did you hear that? In court, the attorney for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, I said Dan in the video, it's so stupid. I had an old work colleague named Dan DeSantis and I keep getting those names mixed up. So I'm very sorry I did that. But the attorney for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was asked in court to define what the term woke means. It's one of those words socialism, one of those scare words thrown around by white wing media that to try to get people to be manipulated to follow them. And so in court, a judge demanded that DeSantis attorney define woke. And the definition from DeSantis general counsel, Ryan Newman, was this, the belief there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. So being woke, according to Ron DeSantis attorneys, is thinking there are systemic racial issues in the United States and that we should address them. And so I would hate to be thought of as woke because why then, if that is the definition? And I'm making the assertion here in this Bible talk today that if you read the story of Jesus in the Gospels, you can only come away, unless you're blinded by dogma and indoctrination, with the belief that Jesus was woke. Certainly the religious people of his day thought he was woke. And some of the passages I use there. So Luke 10 is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I love this story because it starts with this religious guy coming to Jesus and saying, what are the, what are the most important commandments for us to follow? And shockingly, Jesus didn't say banning abortion. He didn't say demonizing trans children, taking away the rights of their parents to consult with doctors for their care. He said, what do you think? 
And the guy answered him, the two highest commands are love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, great, you got it. Good job. And started to move on. And the guy all of a sudden said, wait a second, that was too easy. This must be a trick question. This must be a trick question. And so he asked Jesus a very important question. So who is my neighbor? Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. If you don't know the story of the Good Samaritan, it was basically a man was beaten and robbed and left on the side of the road. And uh, the Republican politician came by and he moved to the other side of the road because he was busy and had a fundraiser he was headed to. The evangelical pastor came along and he thought probably that guy was involved in a drug deal. He probably deserved what he got. If he had been carrying a gun, that wouldn't have happened to it. And a right-wing religious person came by and said, he, he probably is pro-choice anyway. So then they all passed by. And then the Islamic fundamentalist came by and he stopped. I'm sorry, the Samaritan. Did I say that out loud? The queer person, the trans person, the Muslim, the Hindu, the Sikh, they came by and they were the ones that stopped and helped. Then Jesus said, so who is the neighbor in the story? And the man who asked the question said, probably the guy that stopped and helped. And he said, yeah, you go do likewise. Jesus made the most hated people in the culture of his own people, the hero of the story. If you understand who the Samaritans were, they were the people that of Jesus' race and religion and nationality who they believed they had a right to hate. They believed God wanted them to oppose Samaritan people. They were not of pure Jewish race not of pure Jewish religion. Some of them had settled in the land while the Jews had been dispersed from the land. And so they, the, the people around Jesus felt vindicated and justified and endorsed by God in their hatred of the Samaritans. God didn't like the Samaritans, so why should they? And they were like so many others. When you're oppressed, you often find somebody you can oppress. If you're in a religion that tells you you're dirt, you have to find somebody that you can point at and say, I'm better than those people. That's what evangelical right-wing religion is all about.
evangelical right-wing religion is all about. Who can I find that makes me feel righteous because my religious system tells me I'm dirt and worthless? And if it wasn't for Jesus standing there waving his hands, God would just flash lightning and burn me to a crisp. The Samaritans were people the religious felt justified to hate. Who do you feel justified to hate today? Those people. Who are those people in your life? The queer community, LGBTQ+, trans women athletes, Democrats, President Biden, people of different religious faiths, Muslims, Middle Easterners, foreigners trying to come across the border, undocumented people living in our country, DACA dreamers. Who do you feel justified in believing they don't deserve as much of God's favor and the joy of heaven as you do? That's who the Samaritans were. That's who the marginalized of the first century is. And the Bible commands 2,000 times that our job on earth is not to oppose abortion. It is to stand up and seek justice for the poor, the foreigner, the marginalized, and the outcast. Jesus said, you know who the hero of the story is? It's the Samaritan. It's that guy over there that you hate and you feel justified by God to hate. And what did those religious guys say? They said, Jesus, you're woke. By the way, anybody who's wondering, the Good Samaritan story is in Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. You can see it there. They said in John chapter 8, are we correct, Jesus, to say that you have a demon and are a Samaritan? They said, Jesus, you're woke. You have to be possessed by a demon to sit with a Samaritan woman at the that is forbidden by our religious code. Just as today, WWJD, if he were on earth, he would be sitting with people that religious right-wingers would say, Jesus, you should not be sitting with those people. They would say, Jesus, you're woke. And Jesus would say, Yes, I am. Because 2,000 times in the Bible, both the New Testament and the Hebrew sacred text of the Torah, which Christians inappropriately call the Old Testament, 2,000 times we're commanded to seek justice, not just have a food drive on Thanksgiving Day, to seek justice for the poor the foreigner, the marginalized, the outcast, and the widow, the economically disadvantaged. But when you do those things in America today, what are you called? You're called woke. And what does woke mean? According to Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, it means that you believe there are systemic race injustices in American society and you believe we should address them. And somehow, Ron DeSantis thinks that is an evil thing to be. Jesus said, that Samaritan over there who worships differently than you is a different race than you, that you believe is keeping your country from being great again. 
those are the people you have to love to prove you're a follower of God. And they said, ooh, to say that, Jesus, you must have a demon and you must be one of them. Boy, they sound so much like evangelicals, don't they? If Jesus were walking around incarnate in America today, he would be sitting with the trans woman and the trans man and religious people would hate him passionately for it and call him woke because Jesus is not a white, Euro-cultured, right-wing, gun-toting, Second Amendment extremist, anti-abortionist Christian. In fact, he was never a Christian at all. So what do you think? Was Jesus woke? I could tell you story after story that being woke is much more what the Bible looks like than not. Saul of Tarsus, he was fervent for biblical law. He hated lawlessness. He hated violation of God's law. He hated it so much that he got permission from his religious leaders to go out and drag Christians from their home, man, woman, and child, pregnant women, followed that biblical command to cut those pregnant women from neck to navel. He was doing God's work by hating those people. Until the Bible says he ran into somebody he claimed was a post Ascension Jesus that said, stop persecuting me. When you hate those Samaritans, those lepers, those foreigners, those Syrians, those LGBTQ plus people, those Democrats, those foreigners, those Muslims, you hate me. What do you think? Was Jesus woke? The religious guys brought a woman to Jesus and said, we caught her committing adultery. Moses law says we can kill her with stones. What do you think? And Jesus chased them off by writing their sins in the dirt or whatever he wrote in the dirt. We don't actually know, but I'm assuming it's something that caused, it says the older men first to go, oops, he's talking about us. We better get out of here. And then the younger guys to finally drop their rocks and walk away. And then what did he say? An evangelical Christian would tell you, he said, go and sin no more. But that's not true, is it? Do you know what he told the woman after he chased away her condemners? Somebody tell me, think about it. It wasn't go and sin no more. It was, where are your condemners? She said, they're all gone. You chased them away. And he said, you're right. And neither do I condemn you. Jesus standing there, having put his reputation on the line, his career on the line, yet perhaps even his job on the line, had every right to condemn her by the letter of the law of his religion. And instead he says, yep, all of your condemners are gone and neither do I condemn you.
And then the text says, and he said, go and sin no more. Now that could mean he was saying, hey, don't go back and do the same thing and get back here again. That is possible. I think it's much more likely that what he was saying is, which, and some people say this is the correct interpretation into English of the passage. You don't have to be called a sinner anymore. The chances are great. That woman was a prostitute. We don't know that. The story doesn't tell us, but the chances are great. She was a prostitute. And the reason women became prostitutes in the first century was not because they were evil, terrible people who needed to be told, go and sin no more. They became prostitutes because they had no other choice. There were systemic issues of injustice against women in the society. A man could divorce a woman for any reason. The saying was, if she burned his toast or he found a better looking woman, he could file for divorce and send her away. And as a divorced woman, she no longer had a dowry. She was not desirable to be married. She would not be a virgin which was very important in marriage. And she had no ability. Women were not allowed to interact in the economic system of the day. So she would be destitute. And the only way she could eat and live and survive would be to be a prostitute. And so you have to convince me that the Jesus of the New Testament, the good Jesus, would say, yeah, now go and not sin anymore, you evil woman. After he had risked his life for her, after he had put his reputation on the line for her, after he had chased away all her condemners, after he had told her, I have every right to condemn you, and I don't. So Christians, yeah, you can argue with me that passage means he turned and told her to stop committing adultery. I will disagree with you, but you can tell me that. But if you ever turn around and use that term, go and sin no more to anybody else, you better first tell me how you put your reputation, your career, your life on the line for that sinner. Sinner, let me put that in quotes chased away condemnation from that person and then told them, you don't condemn them, then maybe I'll give you permission to say, hey, let's not do this again. Jesus was woke and religious people hated him passionately for it. And if he were incarnate in America today, he would be woke here and religious people would hate him passionately for it. Story after story tells us John 317 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to sozo it. We translate that word sozo as saved, and we translate saved to mean say a magic prayer, say a sinner's prayer, and join a religious sect. But that's not what sozo means. The word Greek word sozo that we translate as saved means to be reconciled to your true identity and to be reconciled in your relationship to heaven. Jesus was woke. He didn't come to condemn. 
He didn't come to say, we need to teach American history the way it should be treated, be taught. Not ask questions, not ask hard questions, not think about hard things. Just say that Pledge of Allegiance and tell everybody we're the greatest country on earth. Despite the fact that we're the only one of the 23 wealthiest nations in the world that does not provide healthcare services for our citizens. And we're the greatest country on earth, the only one that has used nuclear weapons against human beings. I love America. I love American history. But there's a quote, and it's credited to a man named Alexander Tocqueville. Probably wasn't him. He may just have repeated it from somebody else. But the quote was, America is great because she is good. And when she ceases to be good, she will no longer be great. Dwight Eisenhower, as president, said that same phrase. So you want to make America great again? Then maybe think about how to make our heart good again. Because when we put American citizens of Japanese heritage into prison camps, which we did just a few blocks from my house, our heart was not good. We need to remember that the next time we're like, okay, we have a president that wants to treat people at the border really terribly, because maybe if we treat them shitty enough, none of them will come anymore. And then the Secretary of State, a guy named Jeff Sessions, will use the Bible to justify inhumane treatment of human beings and say, God loves law, so it's okay. America is great because she's good. And when she ceases to be good, she will no longer be great. And by the way, that is the history of the world when countries forget to take care of the least, the poor, the foreigner, the marginalized, and the economically disadvantaged empires come to an end. Jesus wasn't a toxic masculinity, faux manliness guy walking around with his fist up. He was an enlightened, self-understanding person that says, you know what is powerful? Powerful is not trying to get a military together to overthrow the Roman government. Powerful is when a Roman soldier forces you to go a mile. You go too. Powerful is when sued for your cloak you give up your tunic as well, which was against the law for somebody to take your tunic. That doesn't mean not having boundaries. What it means is be more powerful than your oppressor. Jesus was woke, and I've got the receipts in the Bible to prove it. Heck, even in Hebrew scripture, the Torah, we see Jonah saying, I don't want to live in a world where God would love these people, these Ninevites, these people of a different race and religion, enemies of my good and godly people. I don't want to live in a world where God would have mercy on them, said Jonah. And we never see ourselves as Jonah, the hater of the Ninevites. We see ourselves as Jonah, the one thrown into the water and then brought by a fish back to give the sermon. But even after giving the sermon, if you read Jonah chapter 4, it says Jonah was angry. He was so angry at God for relenting and not destroying the people that Jonah hated. So much like the religious people in America today. We want God to destroy 
people who are different than us. I know it because every day I have some Christians say, you'll find out when you're in hell and I'm in heaven laughing at you, you'll find out. We want a God who looks like us and will destroy those who don't look like us. And Jonah was angry that God didn't want to kill the Ninevites. And God says to him in Jonah chapter four, Jonah, how's that working out for you? And Jonah says, I want to be dead. I would rather be dead than live in a world where you would have mercy on those people. And God said, Jonah, I'm woke. <laughs> and Jonah was hella pissed. And what I love about the book of Jonah is it ends with God and Jonah still mad at each other. By the way, Nineveh is located where modern-day Mosul is located today. Do you know what Mosul is famous for? It was the capital of the ISIS caliphate. Isn't it interesting? That is the city that Jonah wanted blown up by God to vilify them and verify himself. Isn't that like us as right-wing American Christians today? We want God to blow up our enemies. And God is saying, how's that working out for you? Because I'm woke. It's just a scare word used to manipulate voters. But if you read the Bible, you actually read the Bible without scales on your eyes. You can only come to the conclusion that Jesus would not be an anti-woke right-wing Republican Christian on earth today. And what I hear from Christians a lot is Jesus isn't woke. He would know there's only two genders. Jewish tradition and the Bible says that God made humanity in the image of God. Male and female were made in the image of God. Jesus said nothing whatsoever about there being only two genders, but he did say, you know those eunuchs that you hate? Those eunuchs that you call effeminate, that you call non-procreators, that you mock? Do you know some of them are made that way by God? Some of them are made that way by the cruelty of other men, and some choose to live that way in service to heaven. Jesus never once said it's important to know there are only two genders. But as the disciples were like, oh my gosh, if I can't just get divorced from my wife for any reason, then I shouldn't get married at all. And Jesus said, you think that's a hard teaching? Let me tell you this, those effeminate men over there, some of them are made that way by God. And to enunciate fully how difficult of a teaching it was, he says, this is a hard teaching. Let those who can accept it and those who can't stand to hear it, that's a you issue. And he would say the same to evangelicals today. You hate LGBTQ plus people? You want to keep transgender people from having the dignity of human existence? Are you crazy? Some of them are made that way by God. Some of them choose to be that way for important purposes. And some are made that way by the cruelty of others. And you're crazy if you think God joins in your hatred for those people. You know nothing about the character of Jesus. And Jesus said he was the perfect representation of God. So therefore, you know nothing about the character of heaven. Jesus was woke.
Don't be manipulated by right-wing scare words. I'm just sensing I want to share something else. The reason it's important for me to share with you that Jesus was woke is we're in a season, as with so many seasons in history, where people of the status quo and of political power will use the demonization of people groups to secure power and to manipulate. And I am fully distressed in a heart connection to heaven that in our society, that we're still in a place where a political party can demonize a group of people, whether it be for gender or sexuality or religion, and use the Bible to manipulate people to say, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's demonize that group because it feels so good to be able to say, I'm better than them. We are in a time where men of power think it's okay to demonize people groups to secure their power. And there couldn't be anything further from a spirit of Christ, period. You want to know what antichrist looks like? It's that. And you can put the word woke on it. You can say mutilating children or grooming in the school. You can put whatever word you want on it, but it's still the same idea. We will find someone to demonize to keep power over you. We will turn you against one another to keep power over you. And when that happens throughout history, empires cease to exist. Culture gets overturned. If you want to know what that looks like, read the book of Jeremiah from the Hebrew Torah. The prophets of Israel were running around saying, Babylon will not be able to take us. Babylon will not harm us. Babylon will not overturn us. We are too important to God. We are God's favorite country. And Jeremiah said, oh no, Babylon is going to overturn us because we've forgotten the commands of the Bible to seek justice for the poor, the foreigner, the marginalized, and the economically disadvantaged. He said, Babylon will come and they will ransack us. Don't listen to these other prophets. Don't listen to these right-wing Trump is God's man prophets. He says in Jeremiah 5, I think it's 29 through 31, he says, a terrible thing is happening in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the leaders lead from the words of the prophets. And my people like it that way. But what will you do when the end comes? I think it speaks to our culture today when words like socialism and wokeism and grooming in the classroom, platitudes like that, compel people to demonize and marginalize and otherize human beings. Because we're afraid, we've allowed ourselves to be made afraid by media. And the famous old saying from Germany is, they came for the communist and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a communist. And they came for this group and I didn't say anything because I didn't belong to that group. And then eventually they came after me because there was nobody else left. 
when you allow a group of people to be demonized, you are demonizing yourself because we are all connected. We are all human beings together. We are interdependent to one another on this earth and in the divine outside. When you hate those people, you hate yourself. Jesus said, the highest command is, have this connection right between you and the divine and have this connection right with others and yourself. It couldn't, I don't think it could be more clear. Jesus did not go around teaching people to go call people sinners. He simply didn't do it. The only ones he called sinners were religious people that tried to put their religious bondage onto others. And if you don't get any of this, come join my Deconstruction You mentorship and we'll walk through the Bible together and figure it out. Because I know there are many of you who are following this that are like, nobody's ever said this before. It can't be right. I'm encouraging you. Don't get scared and stop asking questions. Ask hard questions. Are we like Jonah? We never stop and ask ourselves as Christians in America, do we look more like Jesus or we, do we look more like Saul of Tarsus? We seem pretty angry and mean and exclusive and wanting to demonize and marginalize and otherize people. And many of these LGBTQ plus people are killing themselves and we don't even care. We look a lot more like Saul of Tarsus than we do Jesus. And are we ever courageous enough to introspectively ask ourselves that question? Or is it just way easier to have Tucker Carlson tell us woke is bad or Ron DeSantis tell us that woke is bad or Nikki Haley, a Christian running for office, tell us that woke is bad. And we say, cool, I get to hate those people. That's great. Jesus was woke. Don't you think his followers should be too? Because I think if we don't figure it out, history would show that our religion and probably our nation and our society will not survive that mess without a major renewal and transformation that I don't foresee coming. All right. Bless this word to those who can hear, let them hear. This is a hard teaching, but let there be ears to hear and hearts to receive and hearts to understand. Let hard pan hearts be softened this day to consider, could we be wrong? Is there any chance we as a religious sect have it wrong? Is there any chance that like so many other times in history, the followers of God were the ones off the path, not the sinners? Is there any chance? Can we be introspective? God is not mad at you, and God does not get mad at people for using their brains. And I encourage you to do that. I bless this moment of your heart being softened. So be it. <laughs> <laughs>